Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello everyone, happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you all had a wonderful day. Today's theme is on the dressage training scale. So tonight we are going to be talking all about the dressage training scale. I have some great questions to answer and I'm going to answer them all based on the training scale. If you missed the live webinar last Sunday, it was super fun. We had like hundreds of people sign up and live to the training scale webinar. The webinars are always a lot of fun. And then we also have a few days left for enrollment in my training scale masterclass. We've already had many people sign up for the masterclass. I'm so excited to get to work with you if you are one of those people. The training scale masterclass is seriously my favorite course that I have because it's so important that you guys understand about the training scale. Yes, Amy. Amy likes my hat. So Saint, happy St. Patrick's Day. This hat, um, my Pilates teacher gave it to me and she was like, oh, are you going to a party or anything? And I was like, yeah, I like don't go to parties. Pretty much it's just ride, eat, sleep, repeat. Um, but I took the hat. I thought I'd wear it tonight. This is our St. Patrick's Day party. I made some of my horses wear it today, um, like just for photos. And I also put it on my dog, Levi, which he was not amused. So we've been having fun with the St. Patrick's Day hat. Let me know if you guys did anything for St. Patrick's Day. I totally forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. I didn't have any green clothes on. So yeah. I'm a party poopler. Anyways, back to the training scale. So the webinar was awesome. And it's been really funny because as people are enrolling in the masterclass, they've been some people that are on the fence have been scheduling one-on-one -on -one calls with Joellen. And <laughs> this one woman is so cute. She thought that I had invented the dressage training scale. So if you're wondering, no, I did not invent the dressage training scale. The training scale is something that originated hundreds and hundreds of years ago in Europe. It was actually originally used to train military horses. And then over the years, the training scale has evolved to fit our modern dressage tests. But the training scale, seriously, it's like the universal recipe that we as trainers use to train horses. It's what pretty much all the top riders use. So like Carl Hester, Charlotte Dujardin, Catherine Dufour, all of those Olympians use the training scale to train their horses. And not only that, I know that most of you guys aren't Olympians and that's not your goal, but the training scale is really about having that dream ride and having that partnership with your horse and feeling safe and enjoying your horse. And I think that to most of us, that's really what it's all about is 
being able to trust your horse, being able to communicate with your horse, being able to feel like you're one with your horse. And in order to get to that place, you have to have a structure and you have to have a framework. And that's what the training scale gives you is that structure and that framework that you can use to train your horse. So if you haven't yet, I hope that you're going to sign up this week for the Training Scale Masterclass. The doors close on Saturday. I'm not sure if I'm going to do the course again this year, but I do like to have a group of students go through it together so that I can really support you guys as you go through the course. The course has videos, a podcast, lectures, office hours, and we go through each level of the training scale from bottom to top and really understand how all of the exercises in dressage fit into that training scale. When I was a kid, I got to ride in one of the junior young rider clinics. And the first thing the instructor asked me was to recite to him the levels of the training scale. And I couldn't recite them. Like I didn't know the levels of the training scale. And it's amazing to me how many people say that they ride dressage, but they don't know what the training scale is. They don't understand it because it's so fundamental to how you approach your horse and how you do the training. You have to have that theory and that understanding before you show, before you move up the levels. So that is about the training scale. I'm going to get to your guys's questions. And again, just every question, every problem that you have with your horse goes back to the training scale. You can solve any problem you're having with your horse by the training scale. So here's one from Emma. I ride a horse that's incredibly tight over her back. What exercises can you recommend to encourage her to come long and through her back? Ground and saddle work. So whenever I have a problem, I look at the training scale and I start at the bottom and I think about rhythm and tempo. Um, so tense or tight horses tend to be like a little bit quick in the rhythm. So a lot of times having just a little bit slower tempo, or I should say they tend to be quick in the tempo. So helping them find just a little bit of a slower tempo. And then you look at suppleness. And so tension is resolved by suppleness. Any suppleness exercise, so circles, serpentines, leg yields, all of that kind of stuff is going to help loosen the horse in their back. There's lateral suppleness and there's also longitudinal suppleness. So there's a ton of exercises that you can do to work on suppleness. And again, of course, groundwork is a really good place to start. I do have some groundwork exercises in the training scale masterclass as well, because pretty much every level of the training scale can be addressed from the ground. And I'm a huge believer in groundwork, especially if you have a horse that's tight in her back. Um, I have a young horse right now and it's such a pain because I just want to ride, but I do need to spend a little bit of time with him on the ground. Um, sometimes I lunge him. Sometimes I just do some bending and some turn on the forehand work. Um, but yeah, so let's see who's here. Hi, Shari. Shari says the course is worth the money. Hi, Linda. 
Donna says she's reviewing the course. I took the last go around and I love the new material. Yeah. So every time when I do the training skill masterclass, I always try to improve it. So if you've taken the course in the past, for sure, go back and look at the updates I've made. I've I've kind of tried to break the exercises down more into more bite-sized pieces because I think that that is really um, helpful to just have like little bite-sized exercises, shorter videos. And also I added some videos from me teaching at clinics, which again, I think it's really helpful. Like I'll ride and show the exercise of me riding, but then also teaching someone else how to do it is um, really useful as well. Let's see who's here. Hi, you guys. Hello, everyone on Facebook and on YouTube. Okay, here's a good question. Hi, Amelia. I really want to know, does my horse understand when I say good boy? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, yes, I do think that horses understand when you talk to them. They have actually really good hearing. And so they will recognize your voice. They can understand, I think, a lot your tones. Like, I don't know that they understand words, but they for sure can understand like when you're talking to them sharply, correcting them, or when you're talking to them kind of soothing. And I think that also for us, like since as humans, we're so auditory, when we remind, like when we say good boy to our horse, it creates a physical reaction in us as far as our emotions and the softness in our bodies. And that also helps to you know, just communicate to our horses that they're doing what we want them to. So yeah, absolutely. Remember to tell your horse, good boy. It's um, super important. Okay. Next question is from Shaughnessy. Exercises to improve the travers. So again, going back to the training scale, whenever you're like travers is a fairly advanced exercise. Travers starts at second level. So at second level, you have collected gates, which means that basically, and this is the hard part of dressage, like the basics are so important. But as you move up the levels, you don't get to just be done with the basics. It's not like, okay, I've achieved suppleness, check that off the list. Now I never have to worry about it. The tricky part is that you have to basically go through the training scale every single ride and start from the bottom and work your way up to the top. So if you're having trouble with travers, it's always really important to go back to something more basic in order to fix it. So if you're having a trouble with travers, again, you start at the bottom of the training scale, you think about rhythm, you think about suppleness. So a lot of times the horse isn't supple enough to do the travers. If the horse isn't reacting enough to the leg to move the haunches in, then you're going to want to go back and do leg yield because leg yield is a suppleness exercise. You also really want to think about connection and the top line because a lot of times when we go to do travers, the horse kind of hollows and drops their back and lifts their neck up. And so then they're not going to be able to do the travers because the connection has been lost. So again, you always go back to the basics. Um, Another really great exercise to improve the travers is 10 meter circles or voltes because volte is a suppleness exercise as well, but it also helps to get the horse bending in the body and engaging. 
And that's where when you understand the training scale and like I know the students that I've had go through the course, it's so cool to hear them talk at the beginning of the course. And at the end of the course, they sound so educated because it's like they have this framework and they understand, okay, if I have a problem with my travers, how do I break that down? What do I go back to work on in order to improve the travers? Because no matter what level you're riding, whether you're just starting in dressage or if you're a Grand Prix rider, the basics are like the most important thing. They're the building blocks for your horse. And so the more solid that you have those, the more time that you spend working on your basics, then the better all the movements become. And especially, I know you guys are getting ready for show season. The days are so much longer, which is really nice, but I've been weirdly tired this week. It always takes me a little while to adjust to the time change. Let me know if you guys, it takes you a while to adjust to the time change. Um, but anyways, no matter what level you're at, the basics are the most important thing. And if you want to show this season, a lot of times what happens is that you start getting really obsessed with the test and just like drilling the test, drilling the movements over and over again. And things get worse because you've forgotten about how important the basics are. And so it's always really important to remember that, that when you're having trouble with a movement or even if you're getting ready for the a show, you always need to prioritize working on the basics because when the judge scores you every single movement, the first thing they consider is the basics before they give you a score. And so what are the basics? The basics are the training scale, rhythm, suppleness, and connection. Those are the building blocks for your horse. Okay, Susan says she's so tired. Um, Emma's running late. Yes, the time change is brutal. Let me know in the chat what time you guys usually wake up. I usually wake up at like 5.15 and then I work on my computer for a couple of hours before I go to the barn. Um, but this week, I forgot to set my alarm one day, and I slept until 6.15. So that was, like, not good. Um, I'm not really sure what happened. But it's very nice in the evenings because it's still light out. So that part of it is super nice. But, yeah, it definitely takes some time. And then the other thing that's tricky is we had the webinar on – Sunday and the time had just changed. And I know like I have a lady that works for me in Europe and the time hadn't changed there yet. And so the schedule was like all off. But anyways, the good news is that it's St. Patrick's Day and spring is coming. The days are getting longer, which is so nice for horse people. Okay, let's see. Um, Susan, my guy will shake his head when feeling cheeky or fresh on the upward transitions. Ignore and push on or go back and do it again. Okay, good question. Again, thinking about the training scale. So transitions are really a test of connection. So connection is acceptance of the aids. So acceptance of the leg and acceptance of the reins. 
So whenever you have trouble in a transition, that's a sign that the connection isn't quite right. That like that circle of energy, hind leg, back mouth isn't quite right. And this happens a lot, right? Like you're going along and you're walking and your horse is round and everything feels good. And you ask for a trot transition and like the head goes straight up, the horse doesn't listen, it all goes to shit. And that's basically like, you have contact, but your connection isn't right. So it's always really important, even if you have a bad transition, like if you're walking and your horse throws their head up or they shake their head because they're fresh, you always want to stay in that gate and fix it in that gate, like so that you get the connection right in the trot, for example, and then repeat the transition. Because if you're walking and you ask for trot and your horse throws their head up and you right away pull them back to the walk, then you haven't really gotten what you wanted. You haven't gotten the connection right. So that's always really important. Even if you have a transition that's not good, get the quality of the gate good and then make a good downward transition and then repeat the upward transition. And Again, another, like if we think about the training scale and how to improve your transitions based on the training scale, suppleness. And so combining a suppleness exercise with a connection exercise, like doing a little bit of a shoulder in or putting your transitions on a circle can help to keep your horse um, better connected during the transitions. Hopefully that helps you, Carmen. Sarah, how do I help my horse with the trot lengthening? Okay, this is another one. And I hope you guys are seeing like as I go through these questions, how literally my process for any problem that I'm having with my horse or any student that comes to me is that I go back to this framework of the training scale and I always kind of have it in my mind and I have over the years, I've ridden like hundreds of horses, a lot of really difficult horses um, and some very nice horses. But regardless of the horse, regardless of the level, when I'm having a problem, I think about this framework and I have so many tools in my toolbox that I basically have like a toolkit for every single level of the training scale, like for rhythm and tempo, suppleness connection, impulsion, straightness, collection. Here's the training scale on my water bottle. There you go. All the way to the top. Um, so I can like go to my toolbox and figure out like, okay, what's going to suit this horse the best. And every horse is a little different. And so within my framework, I might pull a different exercise or a different tool out for that particular horse. But again, in the masterclass, that's what I'm trying to give you guys is this framework and kind of this library of exercises, not that you're going to be doing every single exercise with your horse. Like, I don't expect you if you've signed up for the masterclass, it's not like, okay, I have one week and I have to do these 15 exercises, but rather it's like going through and picking and choosing like, okay, that's going to be a good exercise for me. That's going to work for my horse versus like, okay, maybe this isn't this exercise isn't for me, but then you can kind of file these exercises away in your mind 
so that when you have a different horse or when you're at a new level of your training, then you can pull those out. And that's really the beauty of understanding the theory behind dressage with the training scale. And then also being able to think about all of the exercises and figure out which exercise to do when. And I know many of you guys have the luxury of having a lot of lessons, which is wonderful. And you have to have as many lessons as possible for sure. But you also need to get to a point in your riding, one, that you really understand why your trainer has you do certain exercises and how your trainer helps you to structure your ride for success. And then you have to get to the point that you don't need that constant input, like that you are more independent with your riding, where you can come up with your own structure and your own pattern. And um, because when you go to a horse show, you don't have a trainer in your ear when you go down the center line, like you're all on your own. And so you have to have this framework that you can use. So if you haven't signed up yet, you have until Saturday to sign up for the training scale masterclass. It's ameliasdressageacademy.com forward slash training scale masterclass. Thank you for my hat. Everyone is liking my hat. I feel a little dorky wearing it, but it's kind of fun. So here we are. Okay, so back to how do I help my horse with the trot lengthening? A couple of things about a trot lengthening. So when we think about the training scale, Rhythm always stays the same. It's the base of the training scale. Tempo can vary. For the best lengthening trot, we want the rhythm and the tempo to stay more or less the same and just the strides to get longer. So a lot of times what happens with horses when you go to lengthen the trot is that the strides don't get longer. They just get faster and quicker and the horse like gets rushing and running. So how do we change this? Like, how do you teach your horse to take a longer stride instead of just a quicker stride? The best solution, in my opinion, is to work on suppleness. So a suppleness exercise will improve your trot lengthening. And my favorite one is doing leg yield to trot lengthening. And I do have that exercise in the master class, but the reason that works is because the leg yield gets your horses back supple. It gets them using their top line so that when you go to do your lengthening, the strides can actually get longer as opposed to just faster. Okay, here's a good question from, um, oh, Renelle, let me answer your question. So if your horse breaks into the canter, when you're trying to do the lengthening, you have a couple of choices. What's really important is that if your horse canters, sometimes what I'll do is I'll keep my leg on and like push them forward in the canter so that it make it uncomfortable for them to canter, then push the horse a little sideways. And when they come back to the trot, pet them. Because what happens is like you're trotting and you like go, 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 lengthen, lengthen, lengthen. The second your horse canters, you stop driving and you take your leg off and you're like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And so then to your horse, they think, oh, I canter and mom leaves me alone, which isn't what you want. So sometimes you'll have to like drive them on in the canter, then push them a little sideways. Then when they go to the trot, pet them and reward them and then start again. 
Okay, I wanted to answer a question from YouTube. How do I supple my horse without making them stop or slow down? Okay, this is such a good question because here's what happens, right? When your horses aren't supple, they're stiff and they're tight and they don't want to bend. And so when you ask them to bend, um, they stop. <laughs> so it's always really important that you're driving aids. Like whenever you're riding, the sequence of your aids is always leg, seat, hand. So you always start from your leg, even if you're going to supple your horse. Like even if you're turning and bending your horse, that starts from your leg. So like your inside leg, moving your horse to the outside rein, pushing your horse forward, and then your rein. And that's really important that you always have like that surge of energy in order to supple your horse, in order to bend your horse so that they don't stop. So it's really about the timing of your aids. And then so much of dressage is a process. It's like a slow process that takes a lot of time um, to get there with your horse. And Suppling your horse, again, is part of that process. It's like stretching, like my hamstrings are so tight. <laughs> Let me know if you guys have tight hamstrings. I think a lot of riders have tight hamstrings because our um, legs are always bent and you actually use your hamstrings a lot to keep your leg on the horse. So I think that combination of like um, having your legs always bent and having your, like to put your legs on the horse makes your hamstrings tight. But if you want to stretch your hamstrings, it's going to be a process to stretch your hamstrings. Like you have to do it every day and you have to do like, you know, whatever, 30 seconds and then rest and then stretch it a little differently and then rest. Um, I've been going to Pilates and trying to stretch my hamstrings more. But same thing with your horse. It's not like you wake up and suddenly you're like, oh, um, you know, today my horse is going to be supple. If you've never asked your horse to bend before, it's going to be like little increments. Like every day they're going to be able to bend five centimeters more. And it's important to just enjoy the process of dressage, stay as consistent as possible. Um, that's like what my video, my YouTube video this week was about rideability and how to achieve rideability is by you know, staying consistent and following a structure and following a system and little by little getting there with your horses. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, let's see, Christine, I'm just getting back into work after winter break. Yes, spring is here. I'm happy to hear this. He's had lots of turnout, so fitness should not be too bad. What are some exercises to start with? We walked for about 15 minutes today. Footing wasn't great, but it was okay to walk on. So I think for those of you guys that have had a bit of a break this winter, again, it's always really good to start with the basics. So to start with the training scale, I think Christine is smart to start off at the walk and, you know, just take your time. You can build a lot of fitness and suppleness and connection there's a lot of stuff that you can do at the walk for sure. Um, but again, whenever I'm bringing a horse back, I just really take my time to solidify the basics because when your basics are correct, like when you're just working on basic exercises, like suppleness, connection, 
then all of the movements become easier. And so just really take your time to solidify the basics before you start um, working on everything else. <laughs> Let's see. Cindy says, I'm late to the party. Yes, you're late to the party. I don't have um, any drinks, though. Just a hat. <laughs> it's kind of a lame party. I'm not the best um, party person. So I wanted to read you guys a quote. Um, this is a quote from Sabine Shoot Carey. And Sabine is, she was the top U.S. Olympian on the silver medal team uh, last year. She trains with Christine Traurig, who is an amazing trainer. And I've trained with Sabine and Christine. I've trained with Christine a lot. But C Sabine's quote here says, I've always been really religious about basics. You can still see me being really picky about a walk canner or a canner to trot transition. All of these transitions promote half halts and basics. It's about being picky from a three-year-old to a 15-year-old. And so I think that that is really, really true. And that's, you know, since we're as like, we're such an amazing community, what we have on Facebook and YouTube. And I think that as much as we're all at different points on our journey, some of us are just starting out learning dressage. Others of us are like riding the FEI levels, but it all goes back to the basics and working on the basics and working on this basic trust and communication with your horse. And when your basics are solid and you have that trust and that communication, then everything just kind of falls into place from there. So um, that's it. I really hope to see some of you guys in the training scale masterclass. One thing that we're doing a little bit differently, and that has been really cool for me, is that we now have technology where you guys can submit me videos. And then during the office hours, we will watch the, um, the videos together. So we have a special premium support package for students in the training scale masterclass. That's a separate package that you'll have to sign up for. But what this allows is it allows, it's almost like a lesson. So you send me a video clip, we watch it together, and I give you specific tips about how to improve. And Honestly, this has been so valuable to me because I'm seeing exactly what you guys are working on and I'm able to give you very specific comments about your situation. But it also has been um, really useful to the students as well because it's a different way of learning. And sometimes when you're not on the horse, but rather when you can see it, like when you can see what's happening and you're removed from the saddle. So you don't have the distraction of like, what's my horse going to spook at? What's going on? Like, I'm nervous. I'm tense. But when you're just sitting in your home office and you can see yourself riding and someone's telling you, like, look at that. This this needs to change. That needs to change. It's really a powerful tool. And I've done some of it actually with my coach where I send him videos we sit down and we go over them on uh, on Zoom together. And it's it's really helpful. It's another way of learning. And um, so I'm excited to work with you guys that are in the course and in the premium support package. Um, it's fun. So thank you all. This is just, yeah, it's really fun to be a part of this community. And I love hearing from you guys. I love 
when you share like your little wins and your little successes of things that you've accomplished with your horses, because it's so important to recognize those improvements and celebrate them. And sometimes people that aren't horse people don't understand, like they don't understand the beauty of like, oh my gosh, the, I had the most amazing canter transition or my horse was just so with me and didn't spook at all today. But it's it's those little things that really take years to achieve and they are huge accomplishments. So I celebrate all of you guys for being on this journey and um, for trying to learn and be the best that you can be for your horse. Um, so yeah, thank you all for being here tonight. Um, I'm gonna go and finish my St. Patrick's Day party. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening and yay for spring and summer coming. So we'll see you all next week. Have a wonderful evening. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.